Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. That's delightful. Nothing like that first sip of the day. And today is Tuesday, October 25th. Chilly morning here in Santa Fe. It did get cold. Uh, down to like, um, well, what's the current temp? Well, it shows 29 now. I think we got down to like 26. And it's windy, so apparently the wind chill is chilly. Yeah, so um, my back's a little stiff this morning for no good reason. I need to do some yoga. So let's see, what do I have to say today? There's lots of things going on, not necessarily in the writing world, um, some, but um, yeah, things things are busy-ish. Uh, I can't believe next week I'm going to World Fantasy Con already. Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing New Orleans again. Have not been there, I think, since 2014. I think that's the last time. I want to give a uh, shout out to my niece who I don't think listens to the podcast, uh, but she had her first baby early this weekend. Uh, little Dante, I love it that they named him Dante, is um, about four weeks early and she was suffering from preeclampsia. So uh, it's been a, a hard weekend for her, but it's sounding like everybody's doing better. So. If you have a uh, a regular thinking good thoughts, uh, send something out for Kelsey and Dante. Dante was born on the same day as my stepfather Leo, who I have figured out <laughs> I think has been gone for twenty years. Um, I was going to message you about that, Mom, but if you see this podcast first or hear this podcast first. Uh, let me know. I think Leo passed away in January of 2003, if I'm not mistaken, which makes it 20 years this January. Unreal how time flies. So, uh, welcome to the world, Dante. A little rough start, but sounding like all will be well. Yesterday was my granddaughter Arrow's birthday. 12 years old. That's amazing to me that Arrow is 12 now. Talked to her last night. Uh, I need to um, <laughs> bail her birthday present. I've had her birthday present since June. Oh no, July. July, but I haven't mailed it yet. I'm the worst grandmother, you guys. Um, I should take to like texting her regularly just to bug her. <laughs> Um, I miss seeing her. We should try to get up to see her, but it's not easy. So, um, what else is going on? I did make progress on the novella yesterday. I've got no mock-ups. The Long Night of the Radiant Star. Uh, I should be able to finish that this week. And then at least make a start on the Bandit's book. Um, I have... It's, it's like 
it's funny how things sort of come in clusters. Uh, several things happened. Um, Grace Darling finally sent me, it's kind of the penultimate version of Raven Unveiled, but I've got that on my Kindle, burning a hole through my Kindle. And I also have uh, book two of, uh, you know, I'm not going to remember what you call the series, Jennifer Eastep's new series. Book one was Only Bad Options. And book two is, she's waffling between a couple of titles. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and what's the series? She went through so many different thoughts on the series. Hang on. Galactic Bonds. That's what she finally settled on. So I get to read Galactic Bonds number two. She needs that pretty soon. Um, and I want to read Raven Unveiled before release day. So several things stacked up. Uh, yeah. So I, I totally lost my train of thought because I looked at Jennifer's email to see what the name of her series was. And then I remembered that I needed to click over to my SIPWA email to find out if, um, if my boyfriend, Neil is going to call today. Uh, longtime listeners know that I have been waiting for Neil Gaiman to call about this thing that supposedly he wants to do. And, you know, I'm starting to feel, um, I don't know the, I think the love affair is not, going to happen. It's not what I thought it was. I have been waiting by the phone for weeks for Neil to call me and he doesn't. He doesn't call. He doesn't write. He doesn't send flowers. Um, <laughs> so I, I can't, I don't know what's going on there. That's, I, I figure he's very busy and possibly buried in some creative project and so should be excused, but, uh, Maybe he doesn't actually want to do this thing, which is fine, but it's like, I really don't want to be waiting on this call any longer. It's a minor thing as things go. Uh, it's, it's funny because, and I find it difficult to transmit this to people because I feel like I start sounding like a freak. But for example, in this, I had to go look at my SIFWA email to see if his assistant emailed me with a time that he's going to call. And I probably have had four or five appointments now at the time he's supposed to call me. Um, his assistant also doesn't check email on the weekends. So, so that's a thing. Um, <laughs> yesterday she asked if she could pass along my questions to him and get it done that way. And I was like, no, no, as we established in the beginning, this has to be a personal phone call. If he wants to do this thing, I have to have a conversation with him. Um, really not trying, despite my jokes, not trying to uh, have a fangirl phone call with Neil because, you know, frankly, a little shine is off the crush right now. I'm sorry, Neil, but I love a man who handles business well just saying. So anyway, uh, you know, it's just distracting for me because if I look at my SIFWA email and, and longtime listeners will know that I make a point of not looking at email. Um, this is an exception just now until my words are done for the day. Cause it helps keep my brain clear of that kind of thing. Um, 
because for example, when I, I keep saying, for example, don't I, sorry. When I looked at Sipwa email just now, even though I try to just look at the thumbs and see if I've gotten something from Neil's assistant, I spotted something from uh, somebody else and I could see the beginning of the, you know, like that first line, what they're saying, you know, and saying, well, yes, but if, you know, and then I start thinking about the answer to their question. And, you know, I think this is why it's a common piece of advice from, uh, I don't know, highly effective, productive, successful, woo-woo-woo people um, is to begin the day on your own projects and deal with things like messages and emails after you've gotten some of your own work done because it puts you, as soon as you start looking at messages from other people, it puts you in that reactive mode where, and that's a great example, where I started thinking about what is the answer to her question. Um, instead of thinking about what I'm saying to you or what I'm going to write in this novella next. Um, so, so this whole thing of, is Neil going to call today? I have to go look at that email and then I have to set aside the time and, you know, like if she says, well, he's going to call at 2 p.m. Eastern. So I'm like, okay, that's noon my time. And so I need to arrange to not be in the middle of a writing sprint so that I could take the phone call. And then he doesn't call. Neil, you break my heart, really. Ah, let's see. In other news, what else is going on? Um, so I mentioned world fantasy. Oh, oh, I, you know, I emailed some people at world fantasy and they did not email me back. I'm just remembering that. Let me make, see, now I'm thinking Sifwa stuff. Uh, let's talk writing. The other thing that's going on reading wise is that I am reading Hyperion by Dan Simmons, which I had never read. And it's interesting because a friend recommended it to me and said that they thought I would like it um, and that it has held up very well. Uh, and also it's part of the canon and I'd never read it. And longtime listeners, you will know that I don't read male authors very often. And unfortunately, Dan Simmons, um, I, I started reading, I got the sample. And I started reading the opening, and it is a gorgeously written opening. I mean, it is seamlessly executed, and and I could really see. And I thought, I even had a brief thought of, um, you know, like, no, I'm not going to say that. Sorry, redact. Could get myself in trouble. But anyway. Um, I went ahead and bought the book so I could keep reading, which hurt my heart a little bit because it turns out that Dan Simmons has become like an alt right wing nut job in recent years, climate change denier. He went off on Greta Thunberg. Um, he thinks that he, he, he thinks that like the people on Fox News are the most well reasoned and insightful political people, which like even Fox News doesn't think that. <laughs> They're like, hey, we're here for entertainment. We're, we don't pretend to be news. 
So, alas. But there's this very interesting thing because I was looking up Dan Simmons because it turns out he's in the front range of Colorado where yours truly grew up. And, and I was like, well, do I know Dan Simmons? Have I ever encountered him? This was before I figured out that he's kind of gone off the deep end. So much so that people lump him in with Orson Scott Card. Okay, just saying, folks. I feel like this is not even me being uh, my uh, healthy liberal self. But, I mean, this is like down, down the pike. <laughs> so, but this is really interesting. I was reading up on his history, and he was a teacher, and all of this, and cut to the chase. It turns out that... He ran, and mom, you will be fascinated by this, a gifted and talented program uh, in Colorado schools in the 70s, in the late 70s and early 80s. And uh, my mom will be sitting up straight because I was in that gifted and talented program. It was called APEX, A-P-E-X. And I was in that program. I remember several different things I did, including um, going up to the campus of University of Northern Colorado one summer, uh, where I spent a couple of weeks, I think, um, doing this gifted and talented program. And I took a writing class there. And I think Dan Simmons taught that writing class. Um, he was not yet... He hadn't written Hyperion yet. Uh, if he was published, I you know, he, I, Hyperion, I think, came out in 89. Um, so he was not yet known for that. Uh, but I know I took a writing class with a man, and as best as my recollection, and I was probably about 12 at the time, I can kind of picture this guy, and it, I think it could have been Dan Simmons. And it says... I mean, the, like, history, you know, Google Foo tells me that he was teaching uh, at this these gifted and talented programs. So it's kind of interesting to think about, did some of my early writing influence come from Dan Simmons? And I'm just now reading his book. Has Hyperion held up well? There's definitely early hints of some of the nut job stuff comes later. Uh, there's certainly a disdain for the indigenous peoples, um, a fair amount of white saviorism. Uh, it also has the trope I hate, people. I mean, I know it's a trope and I know people do it reflexively, but golly gee whiz, <laughs> do we have to do it? every fucking time. So the premise, for those of you who may not have read it, is that this group of seven pilgrims is pulled together. It's science fiction, but I can understand it's got an epic fantasy feel to it in some ways. These seven pilgrims are brought together to be sent to the planet of Hyperion in order to stop a war, save, save the thing, uh, defeat the big bad. And it begins with the seven of them coming together on the spaceship. And as soon, as soon as I saw that, you know, like it opens with 
uh, a male character, male protagonist, like I said, gorgeously written opening, really textbook, uh, worth studying, no matter what else you do. You can get the sample free on Amazon if you don't want to put money in his pocket. But the ebook was only $3.99, and Ellen Datlow, who is amazing and wonderful, edited it. So um, make your choices there. You know, the enduring uh, debate, can we separate the art from the artist? Should we, can we? I try. But that's my connectedness, right? My my ethical steering. Anyway, uh, so it opens with the male protagonist. Then it says, you'll meet the other six. And I thought, oh, no. Oh, no, please. There's going to be six men and one woman. Reader, six men, one woman. So it's kind of amusing because let me see if I can, I, I don't know if I can summarize it. So like there's the, of the male characters, there's the ambassador, the warrior, the priest, the enigmatic magician type figure. Hmm. Okay. So like the chapters are titled this. So the chapters, they, they all start telling their tales, right? Which makes it, it's interesting to me, you know, like when we're trying to divide out what is fantasy and what is science fiction, is this even productive? But the, this tales within a tale, it's almost Chaucerian uh, and more of a fantasy feel to me. So there's the priest's tale, the soldier's tale, the poet's tale, the scholar's tale, the detective's tale, and the consul's consul's tale which the consul is the ambassador so one two three four five six so that's six tales right did you notice this seven seven people the priest the soldier the poet the scholar the detective the consul and the woman because women don't actually have any identity other than being a woman and I don't know does she even get a tail um, I kind of don't think so 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 what's up with that but anyway stay tuned as I continue to read it has been an interesting study to read it but now I have these other books to read too so what am I going to do um do I have anything else to tell you I don't think so I obviously did not get to talking about how to do anthologies today. That's, eh, who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, so wish me luck on finishing this. Um, hopefully by Thursday, I will be done drafting and into revising. So, um, yeah, hope you all have a great Tuesday. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. You all take care. Bye-bye.